1: All right, good people. Welcome back. This is Black Box episode. I really, honestly, don't know what episode number show. EC baby. Yeah, this is episode Eric Crocker. I am joined by my partner in crime Jordan Richards at your boy J Rich on Twitter. And I just want to let y'all know we had an opportunity to interview Eric Crocker. at at Eric underscore Crocker, Big Crocky, on Twitter, former NFL and AFL cornerback. He is a host of the Locked On 49ers podcast and a new host of the Locked On NFL Draft. And I just want to let everybody know that in this episode, um, there is some not safe for work language. So if you're going to listen to the show with kids in the car, you're going to listen to it on your job without headphones in, make sure the little ones aren't around and your headphones are, are in. Uh, Wasn't a ton of stuff, but there were a couple of times where, uh, you know, the spirit of the conversation and the authenticity of the show, um, some not-so-choice words were used from myself along with EC, and that's just just how we talk, but I'm just giving y'all a little disclaimer. Jordan, what did you think about Eric in the interview that we had with him? Because I, for one, um, I I just was very impressed with just his... Intestinal fortitude, his perseverance, um, the way that he battled through adversity, the not so traditional path to him um, becoming an entrepreneur, becoming an NFL cornerback. It was just really like, man, you know, we talk about taking advantage of opportunities. I I think about the opportunities that we have and how much we need to appreciate those. And I think a lot of people will hear his story and be like, yo, if he can go through all of that and still – have such a positive aura about him because he is very positive on Twitter and very humble uh, to be in a space full of nerds and dorks like myself and you, you know, just talk (laughs) fantasy and data and all of this. And to have that experience and just be so humble about it, I just, I really enjoyed the interview, man.
0: Yeah. Like I think, like you said, right, the biggest thing with Eric after talking to him for me was he talked so much about his struggles. The amount of times he said, I wasn't in shape or I didn't have the time for this. I didn't have the time for that. But he also said he never made excuses. No matter what came up, I got to be there for this. I got to be there for that. I got to make sure I make the most of all my opportunities. And that was the biggest thing is that no matter what you're faced with in life, if there's one thing you take away from this interview more than anything is that regardless of what it throws at you, one, you can handle it. Two, make the most of it the best way possible. It's easy to say that, oh, well, if things went this way, I, I'd be further along. Or if, if these things broke a certain way, I'd be better off. Or if I had this life and didn't have these struggles. Eric never said any of that. He, he took everything that he had in stride, and he made the most of his opportunities. And that's what led him not to one point in his life, but he keeps pushing every day to get further and further in life. And you see that with his success across all phases from the NFL draft podcast, lockdown 49ers, his business, his entrepreneurial spirit—it all comes out in this interview, and it's just super, super humbling to hear someone talk about all the things they went through and how far they've gotten from those opportunities.
1: And as you guys listen to his story, a lot of it, you know, I'm just, I'm just letting y'all know, a lot of it is a lot of things that he didn't do, a lot of things that, a lot of trials, a lot of bad shit. You know what I mean? For, for lack of a better word. But there was so much, there's so many hidden nuggets in this. And again, just the spirit and the attitude. I just have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I know there were a couple of questions you didn't get to ask. And I think it will set up uh, really well. So what are just a couple of things so we can get into the show. A couple of things that you wish you had a chance to ask him
0: and you want people to think about as they go through listening to this interview. The biggest thing I think that I wish I could have asked him was he talked about how NFL players are elite, but then there's also NFL players that he said, to quote him, are like me and you. But I sit back and I think, well, me and you were a little different. So yeah. what's the difference between you and these NFL players? You got that close. I'm not trying to spoil the show, but he got that close. So what is it that is the difference between you and these guys that make it 9, 10, 15 years in the league? I would love to know that because to me, he has everything that he needs, but maybe a few things in life didn't quite break the right way for him. And in some ways, some things really did break his way. So it's just, if in his opinion, what is that difference and how could he have done things a little bit differently to get to that, you know, nine, 10 year career, if it was even possible based off where he came from and everything that he had to go through?
1: Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really insightful interview. I uh, hope you guys enjoy uh, Mr. Crocker at underscore at Eric underscore crocker on Twitter. Big Crocky. Make sure you check him out. Check out his Patreon, Locked On 49ers, Locked On NFL Draft, Stockton, California, the pride of Stockton, California. Crock Talk, YouTube, Crock Talk TV. Make sure you check him out. Let's get into it, man. Eric Crocker. Holla at us. The show's already started. Um, oh, let's do it. Yeah, it's it's free flowing, man. You know, with this with Black Box, man, we just um, uh, it's evolved, man. Because at one point it was just me and Jay just talking about whatever we wanted to, and then last week the show with Jesse just kind of sparked an idea, like we should just bring on different people um in the space in the industry that that a lot of people have respect for, that a lot of people probably want to hear. You know your story or their story or just who the hell you are, how you got to where you got to, and um, you you bring a a completely different perspective, bro. Because you got to play the game at the highest level. I I don't care if it was for ten years or for ten minutes. I mean, you've accomplished something that less than one percent of people on the face of this planet could ever say they had an opportunity to do. You know, and that's for me, man. I got I have a ton of respect for you. Before we really started to to link up. Like I just would follow you and and I played defensive back in college. You know what I'm saying? I played, you know, DB in high school before playing D B was cool. That was just, you know, they just throw yeah. you out there, you know, back in the gap. And um I, I didn't have nearly the level of success as you did. I, I had a couple of D1 offers, but I was a fucking knucklehead in high school, bro. Like I'll never forget the day when my mom cried because the Boise State coach called and was like, I got into some trouble and was just like, yo. If you got other offers, you know, you might want to take those. And uh luckily the position coach at Boise knew this this coach at this D2 school and ended up giving me some money. But I I never I didn't have no shot at, at the league, bro. Like I was a I was a I was decent in college, but I knew that like my limit was like was there, right? I didn't have yeah. the height, I didn't have the speed, but you got to make it, bro. So just like for everybody out there, and, and I'll do the introductions after this, like I, I'm, I'm going to have you laced up real tight, but I just really want this to just be natural conversation. Just who are you, dog? Like, how did you get into this space? Why are you on Twitter? Like, who is Eric Crocker, bro? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, obviously, like, that's a loaded question, and we'll we'll dive into all that, but I think just in general, man, like, just, a, a, you know, who I am is I'm you, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm everybody on Twitter. Like, you know, I'm a dude that is, you know, extremely passionate about football. I just so happened to be able to make it to the highest level, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just somebody that was a, you know, a fan, a fan of the game, a fan of football, a fan of sports, and really a fan of the process of life. And I think, you know, uh, as we kind of talk about things and we kind of dig deep, you'll, you'll kind of figure out what I'm talking about. Some of the, adversities and things I had to kind of go through growing up as a kid and, and all the, all the way through. Yeah. So you live in, uh, you live in California right now, right? You're West coast dude. You, you from the West or you just ended up residing out there? You moved out there or are you actually from the West? No. So actually I live in Arkansas, but I'm from, but I am, I am, I am as West coast as it gets. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Stockton, (laughs) California, uh, you know, born and raised, Stockton, California, uh, so yeah, but yeah, no, I live in Arkansas. You live in Minnesota. Arkansas. You live in yeah. Arkansas. And we're gonna get into that because because I'm telling you, like, we're gonna get into that. Just okay. Just remember okay. remember that and then and then we're gonna get into some stuff. Duly yeah. noted, duly noted. Well, let's 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 just talk about the game, bro. Because um, you know, I, I sit back just like you and, and we're on Twitter all day, every day. And, you know, we see all types of people from all different walks of life uh, talking about the game, expressing their opinions on the game. Uh, Do you feel like when you're watching that, man, like you seem, in my opinion, and Jordan, please chime in, to be somebody that played in the league, to be somebody that played at the highest level, like you're one of the most humble people, bro. I don't ever hear I don't ever see you big time on other people. I don't ever see you telling people they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like... I've seen you have discourse and disagree, like, hey, I disagree. I don't think Jamar Chase is a generational talent, but I've never seen- I you don't. <laughs> I, 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 but, 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 but I've seen you do that, but I've never seen you big time anybody and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. You never played the game. You didn't play in the NFL. You didn't play to the level that I played. How are you going right. to, like, I've never seen you do that. So just how how is it for you, as somebody who did achieve something that none of us will ever do, to sit back and watch- All these armchair scouts, armchair quarterbacks like myself, like Jordan, kind of talk about our thoughts and our processes. And, you know, I'm just picking on you, Jay. But just when you see that, man, like, do you feel like, like, bro, what the hell are these people talking about? Or is it just kind of like everybody's got their own vibe, whatever. I don't really care. I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I first hopped on Twitter and I mean, I just happened to kind of end up in this space. You feel me? But to me, it's everybody has an opinion, like including me. And I've been right sometimes, I've been wrong sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I do my best to articulate what I'm seeing and talk about why. So a lot of times I tell people like, you know, and we can disagree, but if you can show me that I'm wrong, like I'm all for it. And again, there's times when I'm going to be wrong. So, you know, I just look at it like, at the end of the day, man, we all got a voice and, and, and that's what Twitter is for. So uh, like them, I'm a, I'm a fan of the game again, I just, I know I have NFL attached to my name, but I never looked at me as that. Like, that's not what really defined me. Like, I'm more of a fan of the game than anything else. So when I'm talking to people on social media, in my eyes, they are a lot like me. Now I know I bring a different perspective on things, you know, because of my playing days and things like that. But at the end of the day, like, we all got opinion, man. We all see things differently. And I'm all for just having that conversation. The thing that kills me is when people like, like, like some of the, like I got called like gay because I, I didn't think that uh, Jamar Chase was a uh, generational talent or I, I got called like, or I'm, you know, I'm, I mean all kind of wild stuff because, I didn't have Patrick Peterson as the number one corner. I mean, Patrick uh, Sertain as the number one corner in the class. So I get called all kind of crazy names. And those days I- I've learned to kind of just like, like you kind of just got to tune those people out because I think that comes with the territory. And uh, Ray, I- I'm pretty sure you know, as your following grows, you just come across some people that just say some wild things to you. And I'm the type of person like, like, 100%. Like, if you said this to me in person, like, we're going to duke it out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so that's the hardest part, just knowing how I am. You feel me? And if people really knew, they'd be like, okay, maybe I should just chill out. But because I'm really like that, like, in real life, it's it's been hard to, like, turn that switch off in the sense yeah. of like, you can't be combative just because yeah. somebody says something crazy to you on social media. So now I'll just laugh or whatever, then I just yeah. mute them or something. I try not to block people, but I'll just mute them or whatever. But uh, that yeah, so I know it's a long winded way of saying like, you know, I'm just, I feel like I'm regular, even though I have a
0: different perspective. Yeah. Okay. But like, Eric, you ain't though. Like you ain't regular. Like, <laughs> think about that for a second. When you say, oh, I'm just a fan. I'm like, no, bro. Like I am a fan. Like I am a fan. I didn't go nowhere. I didn't do nothing. I am a fan. When I, when I see some of the things that you do when you put out there, Crock Talk TV, you know, the school of coverages, I can listen to you talk coverage all day long, like all day long, because again, you are not a fan. You you learned this in the knowledge of coverage and and wide receivers and cornerbacks and you use it every day and you've turned it now into this this little business and you're making it bigger and bigger and bigger and obviously you have your performance institute but to call yourself just a fan it shows me just how humble you are and we do see that every day but it's funny as well you mentioned the haters right ray and i talk about this all the time because you know he he may hit me up be like yo can you believe what this guy said to me he's like he'd never say that in person never because if he said that in person he'd be an need ambulance, he need EMT, you know, like all this stuff, right? So it's just funny to see that kind of stuff because it's it's something that even for me, like every now and then someone may say something to me, but it's so hard just to tune it out. But you have to, you you have no yeah. choice because there is no, there's no benefit in responding for both of you guys. 20K well, plus, also, they're all, uh, yeah, yeah, go. Oh, well, also too, you never know
1: who's watching, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so that's the other yeah. aspect of it, you know, and Yes. you know, what opportunities might come from it. So again, like, yes. because of how I am, like, like to me, I'm, I'm just a nigga from Stockton, California. You know what I'm saying? But now I've kind of gotten into this different, uh, uh, space that I never intended to be in. Like, it wasn't like, I just was like, Hey, I'm going to talk about football all the time. And I'm gonna get paid to talk about football. Like that was never like a goal. Like I didn't go to school for anything like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, So I went to be, I went to school to be a PE teacher. So, you know, like, you know, so (laughs) I don't know. I just look, I've had to really learn and kind of teach myself over really the, the course of the last few years of how to start being more professional and starting how to conduct myself in a certain way Um, to not use certain language on social media, to not use certain language on my YouTubes, uh, you know, and just kind of like show like, you know, you know, okay, this is a professional person, you know, from that aspect. Cause again, you, you just, you never know who's watching. And even just the opportunities that I've had now, like to host the Locked On 49ers show, the, the number one football show on the Locked On Network to, to, to now host the draft one. And like, yes. when I hear the other names that they were considering, you know what I'm saying? And Zerline, you know what i mean? it's Just other, other names. Like, you know, yeah. and it's just like, you know, now it's, if I would, if I would speak on social media, how I really want to, I would not have these opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> Yo, it's, for it's, real. It's, Me it's, and Ray it's, been talking about that a lot.
1: We, we talk about it a lot. And it, it's funny. It's, we both, it was about two and a half weeks ago. And we both said, like there's some stuff went down and we were like, yo, this could be us. Like we could be in this predicament and we literally told each other, we got to watch out for each other. There have been times Mm -hmm. where Jordan has has tweeted something and I'd hit him up in the background and be like, yo, take that down. We just don't want that kind of heat. We don't want that type of smoke. And it's, it's, you want friends and people around you that are going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. A lot of people want to tell you you're great. Everything is good. Everything you're doing is perfect. But a real one is going to tell you, yo, you fucking up. Like, a real one is going to tell you, like, this ain't the way that we want to do this. And I'm like you, Eric. Like, bro, I didn't, I never, I did not go to school to be, like, I got a I, I podcast, dude. Like, I, I got a nice ass house. <laughs> and then, I like, I had to have a dedicated space with cameras and lights and all of this stuff. I sit here and talk about shit on YouTube, but it's become... Business and at this point in my life, it's about business. Like a lot, and that's what it's. I'm still learning, bro. Like, because sometimes I do kind of like not as much lately, but in the past, I would go back and forth with people on Twitter, but it it does me no good, man. Like, it's not contributing to my bottom line. And at this point, I don't want to do anything that's going to mess up the bag, bro. Anything that's going to mess up my chatter, my paper, Jordan's paper. And, you know, it's good right now. Like, life is, like, it's good. And I'm not about yeah. to let any idiot on Twitter, social media, fuck up the bag. Like, it's just not going to happen, you know? And, right. And much like you, I grew up in North Las Vegas, bro. North Las Vegas, Clark County School District, one of the worst school districts in the United States of America back when I was in high school, bro. Like, there's stuff that I hear and see that just, it wouldn't fly back in the day. Like, it right. would like... And and I've grown as 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 a husband, as a father. I'm I'm not out here just trying to scrap everybody, but there's certain levels of disrespect that's gonna get you slapped <laughs> in the face. Like that's just what it is. And I see And a lot I feel of that like in- too is is a lot of it is too because I feel like as a parent, you know, you teach you teach your kids and stuff how to handle situations or how people should treat you. So like, you know. I never want a resort to violence because I I don't want my kids growing up thinking that that's the only way to resolve a problem but also you you don't accept a certain level of dis- disrespect That's right. You know that's what I'm right. saying? And so my kids know there's a few people that dad had to beat up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like damn. But yeah. but but what they know though is that dad, dad's always he always going to be there to protect us. Yep. Dad is always going to, you know, stand up for himself and stand up for us. So,
0: you know, about, as, as I get
1: older, you know, you, I mean, come on, bro. I'm 34 years old, bro. I should I'm... be fighting. Yeah. But, you All know, right. at, just my, my kids know, though, you know, yeah. and what I is... want them to protect themselves. You know, you you have to be able to, you know, my son, he's, he's a freshman in high school. And I live in Monticello, Arkansas, Southeast Arkansas, where, you know, I'm, I'm in the sticks. We, you know, we just moved out here a year ago, and you know, people talking to you crazy. You gotta, you gotta know how to defend yourself. Like, don't stand up for that. But I also tell them, you just make an example out of one, and then you won't have to deal with it again. So, you <laughs> know, there's that aspect of too. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your background, man, and your in your upbringing and just where you grew up, um, how you how you came in contact with the game of football, and just sort of your career path because. It wasn't the traditional one, right? Like you just didn't go to a four-year school and then get drafted or something. Like you had to you had to get it out the mud to get your opportunity to play at the highest level. And uh, I saw you tweet something the other day about adversity. And a lot of people, man, you know, a lot of people everybody has everybody has a story. Everybody. I don't care where you came from. You could have come from the poorest of the poor, the ghettoest of the ghetto, or the highest of high. Everyone has a story, but every story is different, right? And what I tell people all the time, I don't take take pride in some of the things that I saw growing up, some of the things that I've done growing up, but that is who I am for right or wrong. Like some of the things that I've seen, some of the things I've done that shaped me to be the man that I am today. And I don't, I don't, flaunt that like it's cool or anything because it's not cool like some of the things that I saw and went through it's not cool and I would never want my kids to go through that and I would never want other people to go through that Um, but it has shaped me today of of who I am and why I have the tenacity that I do why I just won't be outworked by anybody so just give us your story because I don't know it man like what's your story of 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 coming in contact with the game of football falling in love with the game and you know you being the, the 34 year old man that you are today yeah so you know in the tweet and we were talking about j.t. Daniels right like I was watching them pregame uh the you know college football and all that and jt Daniels like i'm I'm listening to a story and he's like, man, like you know, for the first time in his life, he had to deal with adversity in college and I'm like, what the heck like that's the first time you've had to like kind of either check yourself or challenge yourself or go through something. And my tweet was kind of pertaining to me. I mean, at nine years old, my mom, you know what I'm saying? She, she comes, she called me in the room with her, with my grandma. And my mom is like, Hey, you know, by the way, you know, I just want to let you know that, you know, uncle Mike's not your uncle. He's your dad. Right. And I'm like, yeah. you know, at nine years old. So, you know, my first thing was, does that mean that BJ and Jade aren't my brother and sisters? You know, you, you, I'm a kid, bro, like nine years old. And she's like, no, 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 they are like, you know, they are, like, you know. So um it it caused like kind of this level of like not, not really understanding or like confusion. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But then uh the more I kind of just went through that, it was just like you you can't control any of this. You feel me? You you just, you can't control it. It is what it is. So from that moment, I've taken on this persona, not even a persona, but I've taken on just the mindset that if something's out of your control, it is what it is and you just got to pivot. So that's what I do 100% of the time. You'll never see me complain. You'll never see me, oh, poor me, about any situation. All you'll see is me try to figure out, all right, well, what do I do now? 100% of the time right? And my wife, it helps her because she's like, she gets way more like high strung. With me, I'm just like, (laughs) all right, well, we just, you know, I do this or whatever. All right. So, you know, that was at a young age. And I mean, that's just a small part of the adversity. I mean, there's been other times like, you know, being young and just like legit, like trying to figure out like, man, looking at my brother, like, bro, what are we going to eat? You know what I'm saying? And and that's a different thing to kind of go through. My mom, I mean, she worked hard for us, but she was commuting because, you know, some of my life, my childhood, I lived in San Jose, California, but I'm, I'm from Stockton, lived most of my childhood in Stockton, but my mom would commute from Stockton to San Jose, which is an hour and a half drive. And especially like during, uh, the commuting hours, we're talking about her waking up at 4 a.m. to to leave and then not getting back till eight at night. So between 4 a.m. and eight, like we're, it's just us and we got to fend for ourselves and we got to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and there'd times where, like, I was so hungry, I threw up. And I didn't even know what it was until I got to, uh, wow. like, high school and was taking biology. Mm-hmm. And I learned, like, if you don't eat or something, there's, like, this acid you could throw up and burn a hole in the carpet, which it did. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so those were just different adversities I went through. I mean, having a, a shirt, going to school with a shirt on, and then, like, the next day, like, dang, I don't got no clean clothes. I don't know. And then I got to just turn the shirt inside out. You feel me? Like, Yeah, And um, so that's kind of like my childhood, but like, it wasn't always like that. It started to get better as I got to like middle school, high school and stuff. But um, as far as like football and maybe this kind of made me tough for football, it was like, like, it was just me and my brother. Like, and, and, and we would go out and we're playing against the kids in the neighborhood and we got so good together that they wouldn't even let us be on the same team together. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, nah, the Crocker boys, not they got to be on separate teams. And you know, I always played up. My brother's four years older than me. So I would always play with his, you know, big uh his homies and stuff like that. And we would play like smear the uh smear the ones. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, you know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, we can't we can't use that anymore, but yeah, I know the game <laughs> you're talking about. <laughs> so we would listen, listen, just for everybody out there, we used to play Cowboys and Indians. We don't do that either. That we don't there's some things that we played back in the day that are not acceptable today we did not know any better this was 25 years ago go ahead yeah so we you know we played smear the, you know yeah. and um i just think that just like brought this level of toughness to me being a smaller kid trying to play up and just you know fighting for yards or whatever it was then we played 21 right yep. on, on the basketball court and you know yep. i'm smaller than all the other dudes but i gotta figure it out where i'm not gonna win Right, like I gotta figure out how to get these rebounds. Like I gotta play defense. Like I gotta box out. I gotta, you know, do. I gotta score. Think I'm shorter than everybody. How I do, man? I saw Iverson do this floater, so I'm over there on the uh, crossover <laughs> floater. You feel me? He- heck a little, like. And um, so I love sports, man. And and the only real, like I'd say, legit positive positive influence I had was probably my uncle, who. Um, I mean, he was recruited by a ton of colleges in the nation, showed me letters from like Herm Edwards and everything. and But he messed up with grades. He ended up going to like a D3 school. Then I have my brother who was one of the top corners in the state um, and uh, still holds the record at his uh, high school for most interceptions in the year. But he flunked out of high school after his senior year, never really got back on track. And then you get me, I get to high school and I follow that same path of struggling academically. Loving to play the sport of football, but, oh, well, he's ineligible. Like, dang, gotta miss the last five games of my junior year. Come back, senior year, okay, I'm about to ball. Go to a camp, we're going to tournaments. Like, I got MVP at the SoCal Championship. Like, I mean, I'm balling. Oh, no, look look at this great here. Can't play first five games of senior year. You know what I'm saying? So I miss, I miss um, the the last five of my junior and the first five of my senior. So now I go to, I go, okay, I gotta go to junior college route. And you know, the crazy thing with me growing up is I felt like I was tight, right? Like I felt like, nah, I'm a baller, but I didn't really play Pop Warner like that. You know what I'm saying? I played one year in the sixth grade, that was it. Um, didn't really have the high school success that a lot of other people have, like, you know, balling Friday night, scoring touchdowns, all that yeah. stuff. Like I didn't have that because I didn't play enough games. <laughs> And then I go to junior college and, you know, uh, I start probably half the games, you know, I make some plays, interception, all that. Uh, but then the grades beat me again and I wasn't prepared to be on my own with that type of responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, girls and stuff and all that. And next thing you know, you know, I get someone pregnant, boom, you know what I'm saying? 19 years old. And um, so I end up actually being out of school for the next three years. So for three years, I just was I not playing football. I did all kind of crazy stuff. I was working, uh, you know, random stores, uh, working uh, warehouses and stuff. It, it got to the point where I'm like, man, gotta figure something else out. So me and my best friend, my brother, and I mean, we'll be together next weekend out there in New York, but we start robbing stores and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like just all kind of crazy stuff because we don't really have the guidance. And I got a young son. And it's like, well, I gotta support, I gotta pay for this and that, you know what I'm saying? So I gotta get it however I can. And I remember um my my uh my baby mama's dad one day when when we told when we told him that you know she was pregnant, he was like, Man, how, how are you gonna take care of a kid? You can't even take care of yourself, you know what I'm saying? And that always stuck to me, like that always his Puerto Rican man, you know, he just you know he got that temper too. Like, yeah, but that always that always stuck with me, man. And as I'm going through, you know, and I'm just drifting just down a bad path. And it got to the point and I was like, I can't keep doing this. And I was like, I need to go stay with my grandparents in San Jose, try to get back on my feet. You know what I'm saying? And um, then eventually my best friend, I mean, you know, he he got caught up, you know what I'm saying? And he ended up doing two years in jail. Um, But when he got out, he's like, man, man, e, we need to be playing football. And I'm like, man, you think we can go back? bro? You don't think we too old? We're 21 years old now. It's like, nah, man, like, let's do it. So 21 years old, boom, we went back to junior college. And uh, I ended up balling <laughs> and got my grades right to be able to play. And uh, next thing you know, I'm getting a bunch of offers. And like, that's crazy because I had never been recruited because I my academics yeah. was so messed up in high school. Yeah. So now I'm getting recruited and stuff. And... Uh, you know, I can't go D1s are coming. Oh man, like 6'2 corner 6'2 185. You know, that year they're like, Oh, his his time clock messed up. Like, we can't touch him. But the D2s was like, Shoot, we can touch him. Yeah, like, can what's happening? Yeah, they yeah. don't care. Yeah, <laughs> so the D2s came and um, I ended up uh committing to University of Arkansas Monticello, a division two school. So, uh, that's how I that's how I originally ended up in in uh, Arkansas the first time. And that was tough, man. I mean, we're talking about big time culture shock, going from a place where Stockton, California is literally the most diverse city in the United States. And going from that to Monticello, Arkansas, where you're either white or you're black. And just seeing it, just a totally different dynamic, not being in the city, like, and it it was tough. Like even that transition was tough, but senior year, turned it around, ended up having a great time. Uh, And I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'm, if you guys have other questions, but, uh God, you know. It's your show, man. I mean. Yeah. You so just, just go, yeah, baby. Yeah. You just yeah, go, so, man. So I ended up playing my senior year and I and, and I went through some adversity there. Like beginning of my senior year, we 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 come out, we start off 2-0, and boom. Third game, we come out and we lose, right? And uh, the, our coach, like we in the meeting, we come into the meetings after the loss. And I look on the board and I'm just not starting, right? And I'm confused. I'm senior captain, everything. Like, I ain't, I think I gave up one catch in three games or two catches in three games, right? I don't know what the heck is going on. And so then we, so then we sit down and they just start like drilling me kind of, right? Like, like, and remember at this time, remember I was older when I got there. So at this time I'm like 23 years old or something, 24. So no, I'm, I'm a grown man. Like I'm not one of these little kids. So, you know, they come in and they're just like, oh, circling me. Look at this. Look at this. And I'm like, all right, like, I'm a I'm a I'm a bite. Like, coach, what do you want me to do better right here? Right. And he was like, Crocker, if you don't know what you should have done better, than you just a sorry case for a football player, right? Just like that. I mean, it's a whole defense there. And I was just like, I guess I'm sorry then. And another coach was like, shut up, Croc! shut up, shut up. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. shut up. Like, bro, who are you talking to? Like, you can bring your fat ass outside right now. So I walked outside, I'm hot, right? And this is dreadhead, Crocky. You know, I got the dreads and everything, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm hot, right? <laughs> so I go outside and, you know, he ain't coming. I'm like, man, I'm out of here. I'm going I'm going back to Cali, like, F y'all. So really a lot of it just came from, like, a misunderstanding. Cause I don't even know where any of this is coming from. But I felt like the way they tried me is like, like yeah. I'm one of these freshmen or something. And the um, head coach called me, like, man, just, you know, go in there and talk to the defensive coordinator, Coach Scott. And me and Coach Scott, I mean, we're cool to this day, right? He, he coaches at Central Arkansas right now, I'm defensive back coach. Like, I love dude. But this was all a bis- big misunderstanding because of lack of communication. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am, you know, I go in there and talk to him, and he's just like, hey, man, like, the way, the way that you've been carrying yourself, the way you've been practicing – like, you know, like, I don't like it. I don't, and I'm like, well, coach, why didn't you just tell me? You know what I'm saying? Like, why don't you say, hey, Croc, the, the way you carry yourself is bad, yada, yada, yada. Like, I need you to turn up and practice, set a better example for the youngsters. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay. You know what I'm saying? But it just boiled over. So I end up starting the next game. The dude, the freshman that they replaced me with hurt his ankle in the first game against West Georgia, which the school, uh, who was the West Georgia? Uh, that's uh the, Malcolm Butler, Malcolm yeah, Butler. Butler, Butler. Yeah. So um and he might have been there at that time. He might have been there. So um so uh yeah I ended up starting. I turned up. I mean I ended up getting all conference everything. I ball for the rest of the year. But I that's again more more adversity as, yeah. as if I hadn't gone through enough adversity. And then um and I'll just kind of I guess I'll just kind of tell what and then you guys can start asking whatever questions y'all want. But so then from there. Uh, after that year, my cousin who played in the NFL, we actually lived together. When he, when he signed as an undrafted rookie free agent with the Chargers, uh, this is in 2005, we were sharing a bedroom. You know what I'm saying? So he's my cousin, like that's my dog, right? So um, we were sharing a bedroom, everything. He signed with the Chargers, so he left. Well, uh, somehow, some way, at this time point in his life, like he ended up being director of play personnel in Arena Football League. And he was like, hey man, like, yeah, I can't I can't guarantee you make this team, but I can I can give you an opportunity. Like he was like, So if you don't have any NFL or CFL looks after, like just holler at me. I'm like, cool, like I'm there. So as soon as the season ended, I just dropped my classes and like dip back to California, <laughs> started training athletes. I mean, started training and everything, and um got ready, man. I report and I'm like, damn, like, wait, this is the highest arena league level, like it was the highest level. And Everybody on my team was either like big schools or NFL. Like, you know, most of them played, some played years in the NFL. Like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, like, I'm like, damn, like, am I good enough? But I'm like, I know I'm a baller though, but I ain't never really had like that legit success at a high level. So um, I ended up getting out there and I just, I just went all out, man. And next thing you know, I started, I started every single game my rookie year playing on ESPN, playing on NFL Network. And uh, like, that was dope. And uh, from there, like, that was when the NFL, like- How much money y'all made going. in Arena League? How much money was Arena League? Okay. Okay. So, so there's a di- there, there was difference, right? All right. So back in the day, they used to make good money, like 80 to 100,000, right? Yeah. And then the league actually went away in like 2008 and then came back in like 2009 or 2010 or something like that, right? And then when they came back, they were paying players like $500 a week and that was going on. So when I first signed, which, you know, shoot, I mean, you guys know what I was doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? So when I first yeah. signed, I'm like, you man, were- y'all pay me 500 a week and pay for my housing. <laughs> funny, like, yo, I'm boy. good. Let's go. Like, and we flying to different places. Like I get a little per diem, a little yeah. stipend, like, let's go. So um, I wasn't tripping, but the OGs was like, nah, man, this ain't it. We finna hold out. I'm like, no, don't hold out yet. Like I need my <laughs> opportunity. Like what y'all doing, man? And they ended up holding out. So they held out and, um, or they started to fix it before they even had to hold out. So we actually ended up getting like a thousand a week. Um, And then, so I did that. And then when I got, but like, if you were somebody with a name, then you, you, you could, you know, make more people getting paid under the table, all that stuff. So I don't want to get too many people in trouble, but I made much more when I got back from the Jets, like, like much more, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like three times as much per week. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was much more beneficial then, but, uh,
0: you so don't me, make
1: a lot of money. Like, let me, let me ask you this. So you, you ball out in the arena league. Did the NFL come calling or did you like go to, a like, how did you get from arena league to the Jets? All right. So crazy, crazy, crazy story. So, during, during my, during that arena league year, I ended up getting like a DUI, right? So I, it was, it was like a little bit lower level cause I wasn't like drunk, but I was driving like with alcohol, but I was, I wasn't above 0.08 or right. whatever it was, but I went to jail, right? And I had to go to court. So, um, you know, you have a court date, like your court date is set out. Like, it's not even like right away, right? For right. what they say you gotta do. But they told me like, you know, it was like right before I was supposed to leave back to Cali. It's like, oh, you got to do like a thousand hours of community service or some great, like a hundred hours of community service, pay $3,200 in fines and go to this class for a weekend. It was like a three-day class thing like I, uh, I had to go to. And I'm like, man, shit, I'm going back to Cali. What they talking about? So I left. <laughs> like I said, we're back to Cali. Probation officer called me and was, I'm, you're going to see how all this ties into with each other. Probation officer called me. And she like, you uh, went back to Cali, you're not supposed to leave Bear County. You're not where San Antonio is. You're not supposed to leave this county. Like, so I put a warrant out for your arrest. So I'm like, damn, like, okay, I got yeah. a warrant out there in Texas. So I'm like, all right, I'm finna just head back. So I just hopped in the whip right then and there, just drove like 24 hours straight, straight to San damn. Antonio. Stayed at my home girl, Aubrey's house. And um, until I got my own spot out there and, um so, I'm, so now this is how everything started coming together. So I'm kind of halfway training, but I'm not like, again, my rookie year, I ain't really make no money. Every time i about 500 a week and they pay for housing. So I got back out there and they still pay for my housing, but now you know, I ain't making no money. So I got to go get a job. So I get a job at Macy's, like Macy's is hiring. Right. So I'm working like, I mean, damn, slaving bro. Like for <laughs> like 750 an hour at this time, this is 2012, damn. 2013 like slaving. And I'm just like, God damn, man, this is not it. Like, but I'm working it and I'm trying to find time to work out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, like the season's going to come up in like the next two months, three months. Like I got to get in some type of shape. But it was just like working in that back room, eight hours a day, trying to pick up some extra you know, shifts because I got to pay for my own stuff. And then also get my community service while coaching this little Pop Warner team, right? And then going to the class, I'd start doing everything I was supposed to do. And then from um, so doing all that, doing all that, and next thing I know, like, um, my girl at the time, she wanted to stay, come stay out there. And I'm like, cool, that'll help. So I drive to Cali, come back with her, right? Or I flew to Cali, driving back with her, get pulled over somewhere in Texas, right? They're like, oh, you got a warrant, like, you got to go to jail. You got to go so to jail. So I'm yeah. like, damn. So I went to jail, like, for the night, like, four hours from where I stay, yeah. And um, she came and got me the next day after I saw the judge or whatever. And uh, so then I'm like, cool, at least this time I have everything done. Like I had everything, the classes, the the money to pay for the thing, like the community service, everything was done. So that happened. I had to see a court or whatever, or judge. I went to, uh, I got my uh, community service. I got my community service and I just turned it into my probation officer, right? Now, this is the crazy part. So um, before I had my court date with them, right, I'm working out and I'm trying to get ready season about to come up. I have an agent, right? I went to a workout for the UFL back in California. When I first got back to California, I went to a workout for the UFL league. They're making 5000 a week. So I'm like, oh, I need that, right? So, so this, this agent sees me and he's like, oh, you're Eric Crocker, like, you know what I'm saying? woo, woo. I'm trying to, you know, can I, can I sign you or whatever? And I'm like, cool. Like an agent, like wants me, like, let's go. <laughs> so then I'm, t- I'm hollering at him and he's like, you know, he's calling me. He's like, man, like, what did you do? Everybody in the arena league wants you, everybody. And I'm like, wow. I don't care about the arena league. I can do that on my own. Like, I want to go to like, you give were- me to the CFL. Yeah, Like,
0: you know what I'm saying? Give yeah. me to the
1: CFL. I ain't even thinking NFL, give me to the CFL he's like, oh, man, baby, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. Ooh, and I'm like, man, I'm already, I already crawled. Like, I bowled my rookie. I did my thing my rookie year. Like, can you get me to the CFL? And then um, one, of my, one of my boys, Devin Mays, D. Mays had an agent, and his agent was getting D. Mays. I mean, D. Mays was my backup. And his agent was getting him workouts in the CFL left and right. So I'm like, man, maybe I need to holler at D. D, D. Mays' agent. So I called his agent, and his agent's like, oh, yeah, you know, such such told me you'd be calling like, um, you know, what, what, what's your name? Eric Crocker? All right, let me look at, let me look at your uh, YouTuber. You got YouTube or something? So I sent him my YouTube highlight, still on there. Sent him my YouTube highlight. And he looked at me like, wait a minute. Ooh, okay. Hold on. And hey, I think we got something here. And he was like, I'll call you back. I ain't hear from him for two weeks. I hear from him finally. And he's like, hey, what was your pro day numbers? I was like, I ain't do no pro day. I just went straight to the arena league. <laughs> like I left school. I just did. And he was like, okay. Then, then a week later, he hits me.
0: And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: Like any workout, like they like, they love your film. They just need to get numbers on you. They'll fly you into any workout you want to go to, but you got to sign with me. Right. So I'm like, cool. I'll sign with you. Let's go. So, um, sign with them right then and there, fire my other agent, which is hard because I'm such a nice guy. It was hard for me to fire somebody. And then, um, I, bro, I kid you not. Like this, this is, I put this on my mom, my, my kids, everything. Dude said, all right, let's go. So I faxed my paperwork over to him within two hours. He was like, hey, uh, Dallas Cowboys called. Like, they Damn. really like what, your film and they want to see you put together a little workout video. And then right after that, like, hey, the Dolphins called, the Colts called, the Packers called, like all these days. I'm like, what is going on, bro? Like, what is going on? And um, next thing you know, he's like, hey, Saints called and they want to fly you in in two days. So I'm out of shape, everything, bro. Like I'm like, you know, I ain't in great shape, but it's like, bro, I can't turn this down. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I don't know if I'm gonna ever have this opportunity again. Yeah. So Saints flew me in. This is February, 2013. You guys know what's going on February, 2013. Yeah. I, I've got, I've got i I've got a sneaky suspicion who the defensive coordinator was for the Saints around that time. So. The damn 49ers were in New Orleans for the Super Bowl. I'm 49ers. You know what yeah. saying? So I'm saying? So I fly in and I'm in the 49ers locker room taking pictures, like, ooh, Crabtree's Trees, Jersey, oh man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting down, I eat with them and stuff. I'm just like, ooh, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go. I had my workout with uh, Chad Jones. Was it Chad Jones? Chad, the safe Chad, Chad Jones from LSU? LSU. So it was I know, just I, me I know and him. his. I know his brother is my frat brother. His brother was an all-conference DN at LSU. So I know Chad. Okay, yeah. yeah. So so this is after his you know, his leg. This is his first workout since the whole accident and everything. Yeah. So I'm looking like, oh, I'm looking way colder than him. I mean, I'm killing it. I ran out 40. It was 4'7". They said, oh, we can't sign you. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, was like, Hold on, Croc. I was just not in? prepared. Like, I you, wasn't... I wasn't prepared. And I'm not just somebody that's just like yeah. a natural blazer. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't wake up fast. Like I, yeah. I got to work out and train to, to be fast. So I ran a four 4.7 and dude said, uh, well, you didn't run a good 40, but you killed the drills. So look, this is what we'll do. We'll offer you a rookie mini camp spot. And regardless of the numbers, if you go to rookie mini camp and you yeah. ball out, we'll sign you. Oh. I'm like, rookie minicamp, like the Saints want to sign me? Like, let's go, like, you know what I'm saying? So um, as soon as I land back in San Antonio, the Philadelphia Eagles call. My agent hit me, he said, hey, you got to turn around, you got to go to California, go work on your 40-yard dash, all right? The Philadelphia Eagles want to bring you in next week. So I flew to Cali, um, trained literally for three days for only three hours on my 40-yard dash, all right? One hour each day. And just on my start, just on my my start, yeah. flew to Philly, ran a, a 4.5.3 or 4.5.4. Four, wow. Right? And all, just off working on my start. And they were like, uh, man, like, you're just too out of shape. And I'm like, damn. And it was wow. like 70. We're talking about like seven, Like that was nerve wracking because there were like 70 dudes from their front office that was there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 70 and it's just you. And just, everybody's just watching you. And the defensive back coach just working you out. All right. So they were just like, oh, you're not in shape enough. But, you know, we'll have you on some short list or whatever. And then so then I get back. And a couple of days later, hey, the Jets, the Packers, and the Colts, they all want to fly you in to work you out. And it was like Jets, like consecutively, just like that. I had two weeks because I had to wait to after the combine. I had two weeks to train and get ready for the Jets' workout. So I busted my, I, I mean, I just, I, I busted my butt still while working the damn Macy's. And um, and they don't even know what's going on. Like they don't even know like none of this, right? They didn't even know I played football. You know what I'm saying? So um, next thing I know, man, like I'm getting ready and they tell me the date that I fly out to the Jets. And I'm like, why does that date sound familiar? But I just don't know, like, so the, so the Jets do, we set up the flight, everything, boom, getting ready to go, okay. I'm 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 getting situated, everything got the time, okay, fly out in the morning, get there, you know, take my little ice bath, recover, whatever. Then I'm like, man, it's getting closer. I'm like, there's something about this day. And next thing I go look at the papers, I got court this day. Right? So now I'm like, so now I'm like, damn, do I do I go to court? Do I do I go to court or do I go because I'm not missing this workout? You know what I'm saying? I'm not missing this workout. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? But I can't miss the court date. Like, I can't. So I call so I call the Jets or email them or whatever. And I said, hey, there was a death in the family. Like, I have to go to this funeral, but I can fly out later. Can you, are you guys able to push my court date back? I mean, my uh, flight back. And he was like, oh yeah, sure. No problem. You know, sorry to hear about that. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's okay. It hurts a little bit, but thank you. So... um I go to court, I had to get clearance to even be able to leave, you know what I'm saying? Like the judge had to grant me permission to leave and my probation officer pissed. Like, but I'm, I'm smashing to the, to the courthouse, boom, get dressed up, okay, okay, boom. And then my, my I think my uh, lawyer, who was like associated with the team I was with, but he was like part of the mob or something, like the mafia or something. But he got everything like just, I mean, plugged me, bro. like plugged me. So I was able to leave, flew to, flew to Philly, I mean, New York, uh, Jersey, there in New Jersey, flew to New Jersey, I got there probably like 11 o'clock at night, had to like, take take my little, do my little routine, go to sleep, wake up, and now it's boom, it's go time. So I get to this facility, man, just have a really nice facility. I get there and um, got to workout right? Like, it's like, you know, I see Rex Ryan. I actually, I go into the locker room to change and there's like Kyle Wilson there. You know what I'm saying? And some of the other dudes from, you know, around the team or whatever. And um, I get ready. Uh, I'm watching the receivers. There's what, David Garrard, he's working yeah. out with some of the receivers. So I'm watching that and they end up signing Garrard. And, I'm, and, I'm, and then one of the receivers, he like was cramping or something. I'm like, bro, this is your chance. Like you gonna, you know what I'm saying? I'm just watching. So they finished up and then I do my thing. <clears throat> Uh, but I'm still, like, not in great shape. Like, because these workouts, bro, like, first it's nerve-wracking just because, you know, all eyes are on you. Right. And then it's just, like, it's just you. So it's just, like, and you're trying to go as hard as you can every single thing that you do. So I end up doing well. And I remember Coach Dennis Thurman. He's the defensive coordinator. And it was Tim McDonald, who was the defensive back coach. And Dennis Thurman was like, all right, man, we've seen enough. And I'm like, nah, man, like, nah, I'm, I, nah. Because I'm my head, like, I ain't leaving here without a contract. And um, yeah. he's like, nah, we've seen enough. I was like, nah, let me go, let me keep going. He was like, nah, what you need to do is work in them calves races because you ain't got no calves, right? So I'm like, <laughs> okay, he said a joke, maybe he liked me, I don't know. So um we uh they tell me just get dressed and they're gonna take us back to the airport. And I'm like, damn, leaving here without a contract. And um one of the receivers was like, about to go get my physical. like they're finna sign me. And I'm like, damn, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then they come in and they're like and um, they're going to take you to get a physical, you and the other guy, right? And I'm like, what does that mean? So I I, I look at the small cuz, right? And he like, oh man, you know, sometimes they just do this because they want to get, like, see if you're good, because they might bring you back at some point. So I'm like, damn, all right. So we're going through it, going through it. My phone probably on like 3%, like, because I'm just in there going, I mean, long ass, like long, uh, it was like a long uh, 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 physical, right? So, I mean, we like two and a half hours in, and I'm just like, damn, Damn. damn, phone about to die. And then my agent texts me, don't fill the physical. And I'm like, what? And he was like, if you, as long as you don't fill the physical, they finna sign you. I said, swear to God. And next thing I know, I passed the physical and they ended up signing me. So like, that was kind of just the process of, I know that's a long winded way of how I kind of got that opportunity but that was that was how it happened I mean I you you see Jordan and I over here just just smiling man because just to hear what you went through man um, and the fact that you were so transparent about you know your struggles and the things that you had to to go through to even get that chance man and you know my, my biggest regret bro like EC, I'm not, I'm not 6'2, 180. Like when I played, I was more like uh like Tyron Matthew, because right now I'm like 2'10. So when I played, I'm 5'9. I was like 210, 205 in college. And at D2, like I, I emulated safeties. Like I love Bob Sanders from Iowa. I was a big Ed Reed. Ed Reed and Sean Taylor are two of my favorite, favorite players in NFL history. Um, so I played like this hybrid safety nickel corner role. So um, you know what I'm saying? Like I I I never I say all that to say, like I never had that opportunity to to, to have what you have. But my biggest regret, bro, was walking away from football. Right, like I yeah. transferred, I transferred from Division Two Shadron State to, at the time, they called it one AA, but now it's FCS. But when I played, it was one AA. Yeah, um, uh, Texas Southern, and the team was terrible. Like honestly, they had they like were old. Like they didn't win a game in like three years when I transferred there. <laughs> and it was it's a it's an HBCU, so. The facilities suck. Like everything is just like it's just not good. I meant JUCO. Like I had a chance to go JUCO. Some JUCOs are live. Some of them are terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like so, yeah. I just quit, bro. And my biggest regret, is it's it's not that. Oh, I was going to go to the league, but it was I didn't even get my chance to. Sh- I didn't even give myself a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to this day, I'm just like, why did I just like I quit playing? Like. I, I, part of it, if I'm being real, like I transferred to Houston, bro, and to go from Shadrin, Nebraska, to Houston, Texas, at an HBCU, bro, I wanted to pledge, I wanted to be Greek, and I just wanted to hang out with girls, yeah. like women, bro. You I was just, you just like, wanted that black college experience, I, cause people don't understand, dog, like, and I can't imagine what it's like at like LSU, Notre Dame, but bro, it's I'm in Nebraska. In winter workouts, that like I gotta be up at 4 a.m. to get to the field house for 4 30, like to work out at 4, like get there to stretch at 4 30, and you starting winter practices at 5 a.m. and it's cold as shit outside. I'm just like, bro, I'm tired of doing this. Like for me, and I shirt as a freshman and then I started as a redshirt freshman, but I was like, I'm tired of this. Like I don't wanna <laughs> like I just don't wanna do this shit no more. Um, but my it's it's my biggest regret. But what I want to like articulate, or have you articulate, real quickly, man, is the just how good. Like it's easy for us to sit back and watch these cats on Sunday, and be like, "Oh, he's trash. Oh, he sucks. He's ter-. <laughs> da, These cats that the is the sorriest dude in the league to eat any normal cat. Like it's these dudes are elite, man. Like it's an elite. Uh, okay, you know what? I'm, go ahead. I, okay, so this is this is my take on it. Nobody in the NFL just sucks, right? Right, right. That's my you know, point. Um, and, and I think that's, but remember, I was a big time fan before even making it and having that opportunity, right? They're not as good as you think. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are freaks, like there are a few freaks. Um, you know, I was there with Antonio Camardi, and we're talking about somebody that really, he's listed at like 6'2", 210 two, or whatever it was. But dude was legit. I'm, I'm, I'm damn near 6'2", and he was towering over me. Like, he legit wow. looked 6'4", and I watched him weigh in at 220. So, and then he just, just beating everybody in the foot race, right? So, like, he's a freak. Sheldon Richardson, the w- things that he was able to do, like, he was a freak. Quentin Coppola was, like, a freak, but, like, kind of lazy, so it never all came together. Yeah, yeah. Muhammad Wilkerson, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there are, like, a few freaks, and I think everybody just thinks, like, oh, NFL, like, But like, there are the freaks and then there are the Eric crockers, which make up most of a roster where it's just like, oh, he's a good football player. You know what I'm saying? But like, not like special, right? Like there was nothing like special about me. Now the dudes that are like me that just figure it out, like maybe like a Richard Sherman, right? Who wasn't just a top tier freakish athletic guy, but he just figured it out how he was going to win. Like there's guys that figure that aspect of it out. And sometimes, you know, just depending on, you know, you're, you're going to have more opportunities depending on who you are. But for the most part, like, guys aren't necessarily what people think when they think of the NFL and maybe the caliber of players that the NFL has. Good. Like, if you're good enough to make it to the NFL, like you are good. But there isn't as much separation between CB3 and practice squad corner right. as people think. It's opportunity, man. It's, it's the opportunity. You know, the, the biggest freak athlete that I've ever seen play. And in high school, I played against DeMarco Murray. He was at Bishop Gorman High School. Ooh. I couldn't stand his ass. I played against DeMarco Murray. My freshman year of high school, Stephen Jackson, probably close to a Hall of Famer, was the senior running back at El Dorado High School in Las Vegas. Like I played against some cats that were pretty good in the league. But Danny Woodhead was the best dude I ever like got to play <laughs> with, bro. Like, I knew from he was at Chadron, right? Yeah, I we went. We were in the same recruiting class together, and uh, yeah. like I remember hearing all this hype about this white boy running back, Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead, and I'm like, bro, I played against Stephen Jackson. I played against DeMarco Murray, and I'm looking at him like this dude is the dude, y'all. Because you know, D two, everybody don't get money. Like people don't know that. Like right. everybody don't like only the good players get money, and Danny got a full ride. So I'm like, yo, they gave me three-fourths three of a scholarship, and they gave him a full ride? Like, what? Like, I'm, I was recruited by Boise State. What are y'all doing? In the right. first padded practice, bro, I'm playing backside corner, and it was a drill. You know the drill where they run a toss sweep to the opposite side of the field, and his DB's supposed to take the angle and cut him off and, like, yeah. tap him, right? Bro, I'm taking the angle. And I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like, hold up, let me, let me adjust a little bit. Like maybe I didn't take the right angle. So I'm taking the angle, taking. I couldn't catch him. I'm like, no. <laughs> so then I get cussed out. The whole defense got to do up downs because I, I'm the last guy. I'm backs. I'm the last man. I'm supposed to beat him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, just the things that he did and cut kind of like just best. At, I mean, that dude was cold in track, basketball, got like anything and. You know, you talked about like the NFL guys, like, but the cats who are undrafted free agents that make it and stick around for eight, nine years, like, you're pretty damn good if you could be undrafted. There's some luck involved involved with it. And also, like, you know, you have to have the talent, right? But I think when I say luck, I think it's more so of just really taking advantage of whatever opportunity you get. And you're going to need some injuries. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to need some guys get hurt. You're going to need uh them to hopefully not sign a free agent like look at the 49ers right now like just now they just signed Josh Norman like you know if you're the yeah. corner that was you know undrafted or you know you were planning on trying to make the team but then like damn they went and signed Norman like that was my chance to maybe get moved yeah. up onto active roster or something and It just didn't happen like you know you you need some level of kind of luck to go your way when you are the sixth round, seventh round, undrafted guy, because you you don't get the same amount of opportunities. Like, I remember being in camp, like, OTAs, training camp, preseason, and, like, I'd get for every – so they'd give first group five reps, second group five reps, first group five reps, second group five reps, reps, third group three reps. Like, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Wow. And, like, I can't mess up on these three reps, and I got to make the most – of just this opportunity because I might not get another one. Like, you know what I'm saying? So hopefully a ball is thrown at me. If not, like, I just got to be on point with everything. Like, it's, you don't get a lot of opportunities. And I saw guys get let go. I mean, you know, and it not even be their fault. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the, the business aspect the business. of it, man. Like, so let's have some fun here. Let's have some fun yeah. here. Because Jordan always says that if he lined up against me right now, 10 times. Oh he, no. He thinks oh, he, no. he thinks that he could beat me. I still me. hear y'all. You, you keep okay. going. I, I hear y'all. Jay Rich thinks he can beat me. I'm playing corner. He's at receiver. If you had to put your mind and Jordan, just for just for just for clarity, never played organized football. Uh whoa, whoa. He's whoa, never played whoa. organized I'm football. I'm gonna tell you?
0: my story. I'm going to tell my story. Be brief because we ain't going to keep Croc too long. I, Be brief. So I, I was a, I was a, a slightly younger EC. You know, I, I had my troubles Jesus. education wise. So, you know, I got recruited a little bit. I had a coach one time tell me, hey, Jordan, you're pretty good. You had two touchdowns in the game. So how about you come, you know, for a workout, whatever. I'm like, coach, man, I can't. I failed chemistry. Like I got a fifty right now, so I'm not I'm not going nowhere. It's not it's 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 not like it's it's even worse than what you guys got. You guys got to get the grades for us if we don't have the grades, we don't have nothing. Like, and this was a big time school. Get to it. You did you you did. You're talking about I Madden. played D two in suburban Toronto, and my team was terrible, but I was one of the best players. And you I played D2, think I have what? what six inches on you, you bro. D played- two nothing. D two fucking dumps. Fire league Like it was terrible EC, It wasn't EC, good Who you got your money
1: on bro This dude ain't never You could tell he ain't Played football Who you got your money on 10, ten yeah. routes How many catches You think Jordan To get on me He, he might get two Maybe right Alright
0: I'll take that I'll take that Okay I'll take that Alright yeah,
1: Maybe Like and that I mean But re- Receivers are supposed To win one on one Like you're supposed To win like 90% of them So Yeah Winning 20% of them Isn't E, let me tell you what would happen. Hot. Let me tell you what would happen. The very first route, I would hurt his sternum so bad that he wouldn't want to. I, I would. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be like Trayvon Diggs. I'm gonna. I'm going to. I am going to jam the shit out of his midsection. I am going. I am going to light his chest up, and he ain't gonna want to run any more routes. But I, I want to talk to you, Jay. You know I love you, baby. You know I love you. But look, I need to know, and the people need to know why. You, Mr. Locked On 49ers, Mr. Eric Crocker, why you hate Mac Jones so much? Why did you hate Mac Jones so much? And I need to ask you, and I need you to keep it a buck. Who looked better this preseason, Mac Jones or Trey Lance? All right. uh, I'd say a lot of it is like subjective, (laughs) right? It's like... Locked On NFL Draft host. the same for the, so for the same reasons that I prefer clip this, Jay. to clip Mac this. Jones are are the same things that I saw in the preseason right so first of all, I don't hate Mac Jones all right like so <laughs> I think that Mac Jones is very good and he's really good at what he does right I also believe that he's kind of maxed out in a sense of what he's gonna be now if he gets to become just even better than we're talking about just a super efficient, potentially, uh, maybe what we've seen from Matt Ryan, maybe right? Maybe what we've seen from, like Kirk Cousins. I think that would be good. And yeah, uh, you know, I know you, you know, radiant like that. But like, I mean, Cousins has thrown for five thousand yeah. yards in yeah. the season. Um, I thought he had a terrific year last year. He's thrown for like over ninety touchdowns in his last three seasons. So you know, there's a lot of good with Cousins. I, I think that's a high level quarterback and potentially a top. Uh, 10 quarterback, maybe in the NFL, like it's questionable, but I think he's hovering around that, uh, being that kind of guy, right? But there's a reason why Kirk Cousins will likely never be a top five quarterback. And he just doesn't have those elite trait intangibles. So the way I look at it is I, I want the guy that can overcome the X's and O's. When stuff starts to get real for you, can you make a play that's maybe not there to be made, right? When I watched 49ers in the Super Bowl and they got Jimmy Garoppolo, there were plays where, man, the the, the Chiefs just made the elite plays because they have elite players. And the 49ers, in and, and key times, with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, did not make the play. Like, if he could have just scrambled for one first down in that fourth quarter, 49ers would have won. But he can't he can't play above the X's and O's. So when I look at Mac Jones, I think he's kind of that caliber of guy. Can he be really good? Can he be efficient? Can he be statistically a top 10 quarterback in the league? Yeah. But when he's going head up, head up with these other guys, you have to hope that everything around Mac Jones is going to be ideal. Because if it's not, then there's, he's always going to be missing that one little something as opposed to having a Trey Lance where you look at Trey Lance, and I think we saw, like, whoa, this is a high ceiling, right? Big rocket arm, explosive plays, making plays with his legs, firing balls, I mean, threading the needle, the way he's pushing the ball down the field, like, not settling for, you know. Now, his, where, where does he lack? Like, well, there's, you're, you're missing the consistency, right? Now, right now, you get the consistency from Mac Jones. But when Trey Lance gets the consistency, which you hope that he will based on what you know about him, the intelligence, the hard work, worker he is, the work ethic, all those things, the great personality. If he becomes what you think he become, can become from what he has shown, right, like the high end of what he has shown, the league is in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I look at it. Like if you were a team, say you're the, the Rams, you're the Rams, Seahawks, and Cardinals, and the 49ers are on the clock, who do you think they want the 49ers to take? Mac Jones or Trey Lance? It's going to be Mac Jones because they don't want want to deal with the other aspect of what Trey Lance brings. Like the things that you can't game plan for, the things you can't scheme for. There's things that Trey Lance is going to do well, some things he might struggle with, and they'll figure those things out. But then there's going to be those things that you just can't prepare for. Whereas opposed to Mac Jones, teams will start to scheme for him. And if things aren't ideal, if he can't drop back and just get the ball out of his hands right now, what type of trouble would he run into? More times than not, he's probably going to be still good. But when it matters most, and those games are online, those big time moments, you see Patrick Mahomes drop back and throw a ball 60 yards in the air on a dime to Tyreek Hill down the field on a play that was not there to be had, right? Right. Can Mac Jones make those plays or compete against that? See, and the only person that's really been able to do that is like Tom Brady. So it's like it's hard for me to think like he's so here, gonna be Tom Brady. This this is my thing with it. I think there are multiple ways in which a quarterback can win at the NFL, and I think we've seen success from different quarterback archetypes. I think we've seen success from the the older kind of quarterback, the statute pocket passer. We've seen the Peyton Mannings and the Drew Breeses of the world. We and and, and I know that's. That's elite, Hall of Fame, and I'm not. I'm not. I am not comparing Matt Jones to any of those guys. I'm just saying. Are you just saying skill set, like skill yes, set. that skill set. You've also seen uh, the quarterbacks who can play uh, ab- outside of the X's and O's, and I loved how you said that. Out like when if everything breaks down, like is the quarterback just gonna like fall down and take a sack, throw it out of bounds, or can they make a play? And I think I think we've seen. I mean, we can go back so many years, back to to Steve McNair and and the, and those type of quarterbacks who have just have an ability to move around, manipulate the pocket, and push the ball downfield. And I think there's a third there's a third quarterback because in my opinion, Mac Jones isn't just Joe Flacco's statute. He is really good with manipulating the pocket, moving, sliding, stepping up, the feel, the presence. Um, it's it's not. He's the best at that in his class, like without like, a doubt. But there's yeah. no. I, I'm not gonna sit here and BS you or BS, BS the people. He's got the weakest of of all five of the major quarterbacks. He had the 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 lowest velocity on any pass. He does. I mean, he just he doesn't have a cannon of an arm. What what I liked about Mac Jones was he had every opportunity to leave Alabama and go start at Akron go start at UCF, go start at Cal, and he stayed. And the year that Tua got hurt, he came in and he played really well, man. Like, and even going into last season, I think everybody thought that the kid, Bryce Young, was going to take his job. I did. I was like, Bryce Young going to be starting by week four. And the fact that you can mentally overcome that, stay, get your shot, you got the five-star kid behind you, Bryce Young didn't touch the field. Like, he had 130 passing yards last year in mop-up time in the game. He didn't touch the field. I I just think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think if if Mac Jones hits his ceiling, whatever that is, it's still going to be lower than Zach Wilson if Zach Wilson hits his ceiling, if Justin Fields hits his ceiling, and if Trey Lance hits his ceiling. I still think it's below those guys. And I just want to tell you, and for everybody listening, I had Trey Lance ranked over Mac Jones – I had Justin Fields yeah. ranked over Mag. My whole thing was the narrative around him not being good, and that's all. And Jordan, yeah. you've been there from the beginning. I remember in October, I said this kid's gonna be a first round pick. I was like, yeah. he's gonna get a shot, and I didn't think, I never thought it would be number three. I always said like New England or or New Orleans seemed like the best logical landing spots for me, like somewhere behind a veteran where he could learn, he could fit that system. But I've never had him over Trey Lance. I think if San Francisco drafted him, I think he'd be operating the offense efficiently. I would. would. He would. I I think he'd be further along right now than where Trey Lance is at at this moment. I think he's the most him in the whole pro ready thing. That can mean a whole bunch of different things. I I know he can play right now. I think Mac can play right now in the NFL and do well. But there's no question. I just want you to know, Trey Lance. Like it went. If if they each hit their maximum of what they could be, then Trey Lance, I mean, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right up there with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to let you get out of here without talking Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, and why you hated Jamar Chase so much during the pre-draft process. <laughs> why did you hate Jamar Chase so much? Everybody said he's the best receiver since Julio Jones. And it was like me, you, and a couple other people. And I'm like, bro, he ain't even the best receiver in the class. It, it, and in. You're going back to Julio. I don't even think he's a better prospect than Amari Cooper. Like, people forget how damn good yeah. Cooper was yeah. at Bama. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know. And this has nothing to do with what we've seen right now, but why were you not as bullish on Jamar Chase as everybody in the world, it seemed like? Uh, when, when I watched him, so the way I kind of evaluate receivers and cornerbacks, right, I kind of use myself as a kind of a starting point, right? Like what was I good at? What what did I struggle at? What did I wish I could do? What type of receivers gave me problems based on like my size, my ability? What type of uh, receivers did I have more success against? What type of receivers do I hate to guard? So I start to kind of look at it from that standpoint and then even factor in more talented cornerbacks against that same type of guy, all right? So look at Jamar Chase and I'm watching him and I I think, I think a lot of it, what it was, was that people, people, they see the splash plays and they see the way that he's winning down the field. And then they watch highlights and then they look at maybe who it was against. And they're like, well, well, he did this against Diggs. He did this play against Terrell, right? And they look at all the great stuff. They look at all the great things that he did. And they look at the statistics had a historically great season in the SEC, which is amazing. But I look at guys as prospects and not so much like their stats. And then I also try to factor in how does this guy win, right? Like how does he win? And then with the way that he wins, how does that translate to the next level, right? And how are guys going to defend him based on the way that he wins? So I looked at Jamar Chase and – for every play where he did score that touchdown on Diggs or did score that touchdown or two on Terrell. There are 10 plays where he's creating absolutely zero separation. Now you can win in the NFL without creating separation, but I have to project, is that something that he's gonna be able to do consistently because in college, it really wasn't consistent. Like again, people were telling me, well, he invites contact. He loves playing through contact. He, you know, like he, he said he likes to feel the guy on him, but it's like, well, what about, you know, and we could see the catch. Okay. Ooh, that was a great 50, 50 catch. But what about them breaking up this slant right here? Because he didn't create separation. What about them breaking up this comeback right here? Because he didn't create separation. What about this interception against Auburn down the field? Because the quarterback just has to trust that he's going to catch the ball at the catch point. And there's no separation. So, there were, there were a lot of instances of that. Just guys just completely getting hands on him and the LSU trying to figure out different ways to kind of scheme him open or get him to win, sometimes in space. And again, that's not to say that he doesn't have a tremendous traits to be very good. But when I compare him to like Demonte Smith, who, you know, I, again, when I'm evaluating guys, I don't look at their height, their weight, all that. I let their film tell me who this guy is. Right. So when I'm watching Devontae Smith, if I take away the fact that he's 6'1", 130 pounds, right, if I don't look at that aspect of it and I'm just looking at based on his, you know, and I'm making a checklist of how he's playing. Right. Um, uh, Speed. Terrific. Watch him run a goal route on Stingley, just run right by him, 80-yard touchdown. Uh, You know, uh, uh, releases. Terrific. Like guys can't touch him. Uh, Routes. Terrific. Plays with good uh, speed, um, very fluid, in and out of his brakes, works back to the ball extremely well, catches the ball away from his hands. Great. All right. How does he play uh, through contact? Terrific. Guy got hands on him, still caught the ball away from his body uh, several times against uh, uh, Georgia. Terrific. Um, how is he on 50 50 balls? Well, jumped on this guy from right. Ole Miss, jumped on this guy from Georgia, <laughs> yeah. jumped on this guy right here. Like, you know, and it's like, well, he's checking every single box. And then they started saying, well, he lacks speed. But it's like, well, if he lacks speed, then what does Stingley <laughs> lack? When, and everybody thinks he's the best cornerback since Patrick Peterson. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just ran straight by, him. like, just, I'm just running straight and ran by him. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, and I disagree with I, that as well. And I love Stingley, and I disagree with that when people say that. But we could, that's another topic for another Yeah, but day. I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. But I'm saying, like, that's what they're telling me, right? Like, yeah. I haven't dove in deep enough, but that's what they're telling me. So, I just looked at those things and I'm comparing the two guys and I'm really, I really wanted to even have Chase lower, but I felt like out of respect for what he did in the SEC and and not wanting to overthink the way that he has to win and just saying, you know what, he'll figure it out at the next level. I had him at wide receiver too, but I actually liked Terrence Marshall more. Like, Mm. I know I like Marshall more. You know what I'm saying? I've said that on podcasts where it's like, I like Marshall more, but just the the thought of what Chase could possibly be if it comes together is like, well, now you're talking about a tremendous prospect. So I had Smitty at one, I had uh, Chase at two, and I had Marshall at three. And uh, yeah, I mean, so now we see some struggles a little bit. There are a lot, of, well, it's it's preseason. Oh, well, he didn't play last year and all this. And it's like, well, yeah, I got the same goddamn issues that he had in college. Right. But in college, there were just, times where you'd see the big play, but then there were a lot of this going on too. So I'm not like surprised. And that's not to say he can't be good. That's not to say that he won't overcome these issues. I'm just saying these issues were real and they were there. And guys like myself, you, we pointed those things out. And there were other people too, that maybe just didn't have the loud enough voice that would. when I put something out there, they'd be like, dude, like I thought I was crazy. Like, I thought yeah. I was crazy for thinking that. I thought I was crazy for seeing this. Like, it's good. I'm glad to see that there's somebody out there that I respect their opinion that agrees with what I'm seeing. I'm like, yeah. And again, that doesn't mean he's going to stick. So if he goes off for 1,300 yards this year, my mentions are going to flood with people <laughs> that are going to get on me about it. But it's like, balls? I had him at wide receiver two. I had yeah. A.J. Brown tweeted me, but then he deleted it. He quote tweeted. And somebody pulled up something that I had said about A.J. Brown prior to him being drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, and, and, and maybe, he, maybe he didn't read the full tweet at first, but I was just like, man, like, A.J. Brown, like, the only thing he's missing is just that, like, separation right now. Like, if he gets that, I mean, we're talking about the best receiver in this class. And then he quote tweeted and was like, it's always somebody trying to hate on you. Yeah, like, come on. Said you could be the best receiver in this class, like you're my, yeah. you're my wide receiver too behind DK. Like, bro, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. He deleted it, and I was and I tweeted him like, bro. I saw that tweet. Like, I said you were good, I said you could potentially. <laughs> right, be the I'm not best gonna, receiver. I'm not gonna sit here and disrespect you, bro. I'm just telling you what it so Jay, before we get out of here, do you have anything you want to ask ask Crocker, man?
0: So, the one question I do want to ask you in particular is you were talking about your evaluation, right? And like for me with wide receivers, it starts at the line. But you were talking about how you start, you based it off of you. What what did Go I ahead. struggle with? What was I good at? Who are the guys, like if you were to pick wide receivers in the NFL right now, Ooh. who are the guys you think you could take based off of what you were good at? No, and maybe not, maybe not fully, right? But based on what you what you were good at and then as well, who are the guys who would really give you problems? Like yeah, give us give us a feel yeah. as to who was good who would be good against you, who you'd be good against, and who would like whoop your ass? Because it's just so, a skill set you're not good at.
1: So typically dudes that like are built like me, you know, six, really? you know, I played at damn near six to you know, 195 to 200 pounds. And it's typically gonna be the smaller, quicker, shiftier guys that are gonna give guys like me more trouble. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you were to say, and people ask me this, would you rather guard uh, Devontae Smith or would you rather guard Jamar Chase? I would rather guard Jamar Chase. Now, that's not me disrespecting him or saying that I think I'm going to win every battle. But I know one thing with Jamar Chase, you know, me and my prime. I would be there, like, you know what I'm saying, at the catch point. Now, whether he makes the catch, whether I knock the ball away, whatever, yeah, that's to be determined. But I know I'm going to be there. And I would be confident with knowing that when I line up. I know I don't have to rush. I don't know. I don't have to be in a panic. I can be very patient with my technique. I can work my steps. I can get hands-on. I'd actually be more aggressive at the line of scrimmage with him than I would, like, a Smith. I'd get hands-on. And then from that point, it's just like, all right, like, now now, this is when the battle is going to really start. Like, what am I going to do at the catch point? With Smith, I don't know if I'm going to be there. Like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you watch what he does against guys. Like, I loved uh, J.C. Horn. But you watch what he, you know what I'm saying, just uh, uh, slant, crib, touchdown. Like, you know, it's just like, I don't know if I'm going to get a hand on him. I have to actually be more patient against him than I do uh, Jamar Chase. Like, so it's him, uh, the Odell Beckhams who, you know, they're going to get skinny right now. And, you know, I'd rather guard Landry than Odell. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so I just look at it from that standpoint of, of, you know, the, the type of receiver. But then, I mean, if we're just saying in general, I mean, nobody wants to guard Julio Jones because he's a combination of everything, right? Like, he's a freak. When you you ask, we can all have our opinions on who we think the best receiver is, but you ask dudes in the NFL and they're like, Julio Jones. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's the toughest because he's big, he's fast, he's running away from you, he runs in the four threes, he's fluid, he's a great route runner. Like, that, you don't want, and then he could jump on your head. Like, you don't want to have to guard him. But just more, you know, a broad standpoint, I'd say Chase Smitty, I'd rather guard uh, Chase because yeah. I feel like I'm going to be there whether I You'd make the play or down. not. He is You'd elite lock from down. that standpoint. Well,
0: yeah. just
1: tell us, you, you taught us a lot of um, struggles and trials that you've gone through, um, your story, your background, childhood. Uh, you're doing some positive things right now and you're building your sports performance facility. Just what, what is that, man? And, and just real quick so we can get you out of here, just tell us about that. Yeah, man, uh, I've been training athletes for the last five years in California. You know, I moved out here and I actually, I talked to you about like having to pivot, right? When I first came out here, it was to finish getting my degree and I was supposed to be a student assistant on the coaching staff, right? I came out here and my wife was entering a nursing program. I came out here and the coach started acting funny and everything that I thought was gonna happen did not happen, so I had to pivot. Got this random job, um, started training athletes in the area. Eventually I wanted to really go all in and take my training to the next level. So I just quit the job, cold turkey, went all in training athletes, started going up real big to the point where myself, and I guess he's a buddy now, but I would say if you want to look at him as an investor, um, he was like, look, man, I think there's an opportunity here to build a big facility. So we got to working and drawing everything out, 12,000 square foot building going up. I met with the business person over the business department at the university. She said, look, these are the numbers. This is how much it's going to cost. If you, you know, go in there with this, you're going to be in the negative. So you have to figure out a way to come up to where the numbers aren't. You're not in the red. And so I just said, all right, I'm just going to go harder with my streaming stuff. You know, I make about $600 a month off my streaming. At that time, recording the Striking Gold 49ers podcast. Let me go harder and see what comes from it. So I hit up Ray GQ. Hey, man, how does Patreon work? He, he, he told, so this is what's going on. So Ray, Ray hit me. I mean, he responded right away. He told me like, look, Croc, woo, woo, really, you'd be stupid to not do this. So he's like, so boom, I, said I, got that into too. I told him that too. Yeah. I was like, you'd be stupid he, not he to me. do this. Got into that. And then people were like, hey, you need to get into YouTube. Started going to the YouTube. Everything started coming together. And then boom, locked on 49ers. Okay, let's go. Then boom, locked on NFL draft. So now it's like, like okay, I need to really go. I mean, I'm going all in on my training stuff. But now it's like, I'm just factoring in like, okay, I got two things now. And they, you know, just keep them going up. So I'm in a great place now. And I really want to, you know, kind of stress this to people too about kind of being an entrepreneur because essentially that's what I am. Uh, until you really go all in, you're not going to get the results that you want. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're 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 always going to... And actually I heard Ray, G, Ray GQ, I remember before we even really had a conversation, but I remember you put out a video, I think you were working out and stuff, and you were talking about how you know, people kind of made fun of you or people talked down on on your thoughts on you really going all in on the, on the media side of things and basically kind of doubting that you could do it. And one thing I've learned is like, that's how losers think, right? Like losers always yeah. think about the worst that can happen. Mm-hmm. Winners think about, you know, what's going to happen if I don't do this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, if I don't go all in on the gym, if I don't go all in on my podcasting, my streaming, my media stuff, like am I going to keep working these weak ass jobs that I don't really want to go to? you know what I'm saying? So you go all in, if you're an entrepreneur and you thinking about it, or you're on the bubble and it's tough. Like I did that with a family with no security, you know what I'm saying? But I went all in and it really forced me to make it happen. I made it happen. Now my wife, you know what I'm saying? Shoot, she she can't work right now. She's in nursing school. Like she's not done till May. I pay every bill. You know what I'm saying? I pay every car. I pay every, uh, everything. You know what I'm saying? We going to Atlanta on Thursday. Like I pay that. Like, And I would not be in this position if I did not go all in. So if you're on the border about something that you want to do, just figure out how to do it. And I will say this, too, though. I've been doing stuff like this for years without getting paid. So it was a big time passion of mine, like between training athletes, talking football like that. That's my life. Like, that's what I love doing. That's my passion. So I was willing to do that for free. I was really willing to go on all these radio, do all these radio hits, go on anybody and everybody's podcast to kind of get my name out there and start to talk about some of my expertise on these prospects. More people started hitting me up. One thing led to another. And then now I have these different opportunities, but it really was just kind of putting yourself out there and really going all in. And again, I've been doing this stuff for years. It wasn't until I went all in to where I really started to, you know, uh, read the benefits of it. So Eric Crocker, folks, Eric Crocker, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, that's C-R-O-C-K-E-R, Big Crocky. Go to his YouTube channel, subscribe at TV, and check him out all over Twitter, all over the airwaves, 49ers. He's going to have everything Trey Lance oriented. He's going to keep you all up to date, NFL draft. Uh, EC, man, thank you for for coming on the Black Box. Uh, Jordan and I appreciate the conversation. Your candidness, your openness, your hustle, your grind, yes. your spirit, your mentality, your motivation, man. When I say I mean this from the bottom of my heart, um, I'm a little bit older than you, but I look up to your grind, man. Like I, I really do. The way you carry yourself, the way you handle yourself on social media, um, and just to see how much you've grown since we had that conversation—not even a year ago—is is inspiring to Jordan, and myself, and for a lot of other so